Hello and welcome to the EU Roundup, your one spot for all the relevant news from across Europe. In this week's episode, big pharmaceutical companies find themselves under pressure by members of European Parliament during a recent hearing. AstraZeneca's CEO was the main target in a round of tricky questions. As always, there is a quick round of news right at the end. But first, a recap of last week's meeting of the European Council and what we learned about the EU's common approach on vaccine certificates. Last Thursday, members of the European Council convened in a video conference. And it was no surprise that the main topic of discussion was the EU's vaccination campaign. The main development from the meeting was reaching an agreement on setting up a standard digital vaccine certificate. It is clear that the goal of this digital document is to make steps towards easing border restrictions. However, leaders are still unable to agree on the issue of what exactly the certificates will be used for. A number of countries with a strongly developed tourism sector, such as Greece, Spain and Malta, have pushed for the vaccine certificate to be linked to travelling. Greek Prime Minister Kyriakos Mitsotakis recently shared his thoughts on this topic with Bloomberg. Essentially, a vaccine certificate will allow you to enter Greece without being forced to provide a negative test and without any quarantine restrictions. Uh, and we do intend to go down that path. Uh, we have agreed in principle with Israel that we will accept their vaccine certificate in order to facilitate travel from Israel to Greece. And I do hope that at some point at the European level, we will also uh, agree on a common uh, vaccine template, certificate template for all European countries. The Prime Minister added that those who have not been vaccinated will likely be required to provide a negative COVID-19 test. Press reports also suggest that talks are ongoing between Greece and the UK for a deal similar to the one with Israel. Most recently, Austria has also joined the camp of member states pushing for the so-called Green Pass. However, not all are of the same opinion. Germany and France, for example, have appeared more reluctant. On one hand, not all people have access to vaccines. In addition to that, the scientific community is not yet sure about how effective the current vaccines are towards the new strains of COVID-19. French President Emmanuel Macron declared he will not tolerate the new vaccine certificates being used in ways that penalize young people who have not received the vaccine. All the same, the system regarding the certificates will take a while to be set up, and it is possible it won't be ready for the start of the summer. Initial projections, according to Commission President Ursula von der Leyen, are three months. The head of the EU executive was careful not to overpromise, something of which Brussels has been guilty in the past. But in this case, there is also pressure from the private sector. Von der Leyen confirmed that Google and Apple were already offering their vaccine certificate solutions to the World Health Organization. And she stressed that there is a need for a European solution. Australia, for example, is close to implementing such a digital system, while airline companies are also making progress. This month, British Airways will begin trialing the International Air Transport Association's Travel Pass, an app which stores vaccination certificates as well as results of pre-flight COVID-19 tests. Another category in which the EU is playing catch-up is the rollout of its vaccine program. So far, only 6.4% of the EU's population has received a vaccine. In a press conference after the meeting of the European Council, its president Charles Michel put the emphasis on the vaccination campaign's importance. Our top priority now 
is speeding up the production and delivery of vaccines and vaccinations across the European Union. And that's why we support the Commission's efforts to work with industry to identify bottlenecks, guarantee supply chains and scale up production. He added that the EU will require more transparency to ensure that the manufacturers comply with their contracts. There has been a growing frustration among the EU's leadership with the delay of vaccine supply. And some members of the European Parliament finally got to address that when speaking to big pharma CEOs last week. Stay tuned for the recap on that in just a moment. The EU finds itself in an awkward position in regards to vaccine manufacturers. Brussels has been frustrated by delays in deliveries to say the least, but the bloc still remains at the mercy of the suppliers. Last week members of the European Parliament got the chance to express that very same frustration. Representatives of almost every company which has a vaccine contract with the EU were present during a virtual hearing of the Parliament. The one who received the most attention was, as expected, AstraZeneca CEO Pascal Sorio. The British-Swedish company previously announced a decrease of about 50% in deliveries to the EU for the first quarter of 2021. Finnish MEP Sylvia Modig had a particularly sharp question for the big pharma CEO. How is it possible that you had no clue of your production capacity? Because what has happened is not a minor setback, it's a huge failure. So I will ask it in this way. Uh, how can you assure us that we can trust you in the future to keep your part of the agreements and deliver what you have promised? Mr. Sorio replied saying that the company is committed and working 24-7 to delivering the vaccine doses. He stated that productivity is improving. However, many other MEPs pressed on the issue of commitment. Esther de Lang from the European People's Party asked the CEO if the company knowingly entered into contractual obligations they knew they could not deliver on to all parties. Sorio stated that the company's vaccine requires thousands of parts and time to learn how to produce properly, and he added that some sites have been a little slower than others. Pfizer's president Angela Huang was pushed to make public the company's contract with the European Commission while Johnson & Johnson's representative was also present as the company is awaiting approval of its vaccine by the EU. Questions were leveled in terms of the willingness to commit and how the American company plans to guarantee its deliveries. And that illustrates the main point. The EU is wary of more delays, but still depends on the manufacturers in order to meet its targets. So far, Europe has struggled with its vaccine rollout, because it had not invested in institutions or infrastructure designed to mass-produce vaccines, like the US for example. Until recently, the EU treated vaccine manufacturers like all other producers, expecting them to deliver what they promised. The UK government, on the other hand, has gotten involved in the development and the manufacturing process, at least in the case of the Oxford-AstraZeneca vaccine. The EU has been criticized for having large numbers of vaccine doses in stock and not having them administered. Partly, this is because doses are being set aside for people's second jabs. But also because many countries haven't recommended the use of the AstraZeneca vaccine for the elderly. On the flip side, the black market of COVID-19 vaccines turns out to be very much a reality. That was confirmed by the EU's anti-fraud agency, OLAF. 
Several EU countries have reported offers from alleged intermediaries for 900 million doses of COVID-19 vaccines for some 12.7 billion euros. With the much-coveted vaccine doses in high demand, assuring a quick rollout through legitimate means appears to be essential for more than a few reasons. And now a quick round of notable news. Last week, Armenia's Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan defied calls to resign and accused the military of attempting a coup. Last year, divisions over his handling of the armed conflict with Azerbaijan brought thousands to the streets. Most recently, the general staff of Armenia's military called for the government to step down. The Prime Minister answered to that by rallying around 20,000 supporters in the center of the capital, Yerevan. Pashinyan stated he was ready to start talks with the military, but he also threatened to arrest any opponent who went beyond political statements. Moving on, the Dutch parliament passed a motion declaring that the treatment of the Uyghur Muslim minority in China qualifies as genocide. This was the first such move by a European country. According to UN rights experts, at least one million Muslims are being detained in camps in the remote western region of Xinjiang. This comes after last week, China rejected the accusations of committing genocide, with Foreign Minister Wang Yi calling them fabrications. And finally, Romania offered a possible solution for an issue with an EU military operation in Bosnia. 600 soldiers for peacekeeping tasks are currently deployed in the country, and before Brexit the operation counted on the UK for a reserve force of a few hundred soldiers. No solutions has been found to replace the British troops at the moment. Thus, Romania has offered its help, putting forward an infantry company of 134 soldiers for the reserve. There aren't any signs of possible escalation in the region, but this is important for the EU nonetheless, as Brussels has been aiming to raise its profile as a security provider. So, Romania's offer could prove to be a very welcomed one. And that was our last story for today. Join us again next Tuesday, as always, at 9.30. Until then, take care and have a great week. The music in this episode was supplied by purpleplanet.com. This episode of the EU Roundup was produced for Ara City Radio. Radio.